Hey guys, what's up? I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany, and you're listening to Chai Tea Party. This is a podcast about the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the Daisy community. Hope you had a fabulous Valentine's Day, if you're into that kind of thing. To keep up with the theme of love, today's Brown Girls Guide to Survival segment is about the joys and the pains of wedding planning. We have Trisha Sakuja as our guest today with some tips for wedding planning craziness. She is an editor-in-chief at Brown Girl Magazine, living in New York. Trisha, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on your episode. Um, I'm honored and I think what you guys are doing is really, really cool work. And I think the energy that you two bring to the table is something really special. And I see this going really, really far. So I'm excited to be here. Um, Thank you. Of course. And so just a little bit about myself. Um, I've been um, at Brown Girl Magazine now for almost like seven, eight years. I founded in 2010 just on Facebook randomly. And I was like, Oh, this is actually really cool. It resonates with who I am. And I've never found something like this ever in the past. So I reached out to the founder Aditi Mehta, just, you know, on the whim via email, asked her if I can start writing. And there I was, I was a sophomore in college. And I was, you know, understanding myself better as an Indian, but also as an American. And I just felt like Brown Girl really, you know, it, it, it told my story. Um, and so I started blogging here and there, got more involved within the staff. I started recruiting more girls from the New York area because when I first started in 2010, there was only just me and another um, another writer. She's actually still on board, Sneha Good. And, you know, pretty soon I, I didn't even realize, but I was actually recruiting girls, going to events and, uh, and actually creating a team out here in New York. And now we have about 25, 30 writers just in the New York area. And before oh, wow. you knew it, yeah. And before you knew it, I, you know, became editor and, um, became managing editor. I became a partner in the company and I started selling, um, ads and, now I'm selling sponsorship packages for the company and now I'm just really hoping that I can make this my full-time job (laughs) so we're in the process of hopefully making brown girl a sustainable business and it's thanks to supporters and friends like you that are helping us grow even bigger so so yeah my journey at brown girl has been pretty interesting lots of ups and downs but overall it's really exciting to know that We've built it organically and from scratch. We have more than 130 writers that are contributing to us from across the country and across the world. And we're just so grateful to see um, such great reach from 160 countries around around the world. And um, and we're producing content on a daily basis. About in 2016, we produced 786 stories, wow. which is pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> and yeah. And we saw more than 1.3 million page views to the website. So we're, we're really hopeful and, you know, we're excited to make this bigger and make this the platform for 
not only every South Asian um, girl, but of course, every South Asian boy as well. And believe it or not, 30% of our traffic is coming in from the guys out there. So they, they've definitely joined our movement, whether they want to believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect intro. I had no idea that you guys were um, that, like you'd been around for that long. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I knew it would be about five years, but I didn't realize it was like seven or eight. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a while. It's been a while now. So it, it's been good. It's been tough, but it's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, even when we first started, one of the first things that people were saying was like, oh, you, and I had I had not like heard of you guys yet. Um, and so a lot of people just t- talked to us about you guys and were like, you have to check them out. They're so great. Um, so a lot of our friends of us, friends of ours were already looking at your stuff. And I don't, I don't know, if, Tiffany, if you had, but I don't know I hadn't heard of them until last year. I don't think I followed you guys on social media. I knew you existed, um, <laughs> but I didn't really know anything that was really going on. I just kind of had kind of heard the term. And then last year, Shama and I, like, I think one day we were just at a coffee shop and we just, like, looked through a bunch of your articles and, like, found out what you guys were about. And we're like, yeah, our friends are right. We have to look into this and, like, talk to them <laughs> somehow. We have yeah, to make them our friends. <laughs> Where was this when I was in high school? You know, right, exactly. This stuff, and I mean, I need it now even, but mm-hmm. even, especially when you're growing up and you're like me, I went to a high school with all white people, like all these other white <laughs> kids, and it's like right, this stuff would have been great to be able to read, mm-hmm. you know, to to identify with something else other than you know, the people around me. Exactly, and that was the whole point of it. Yeah, Aditi started it because she knew that there was a void within. Um, not only South Asian media, but just media in general and um, the internet space. Um, she knew that there was a void of, of young South Asian women not being able to say how they feel or identify with with others alike. So mm-hmm. it was really, she created it out of, out of a need. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that it just grew so organically and so beautifully is just, it's like that story to me is so powerful she started mm-hmm. it with just like three four friends in college and just started blogging about anything and everything that happens at home or with friends or mm-hmm. you know about beauty and entertainment and here we are today producing you know hundreds of pieces of content literally um every every month and just being a voice so it's definitely exciting mm-hmm. so you were going to give us tips um <laughs> surviving long-term relationships yes um, speaking from experience and how to survive the the wedding madness that's about it's, it's coming up really fast and before <laughs> we know it, it's going to be may and june and we're going to be you know hitting up six or seven weddings in the season and it'll be exhausting really? so. <laughs> yeah so exhausting how do we survive <laughs> um so i think the key here is that you don't really survive. <laughs> like that's, that's, you ha- I have to be really, really, really honest about it. I, I'm not sure if I'm surviving, but but I think that when it's all done and and when I when it's post wedding, I'm gonna look back and I'm gonna be like, you know what? I survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did it. I conquered. So I I'm gonna tell you guys after the wedding if I survived. <laughs> But until then, um, you know, I am definitely fortunate enough to be marrying somebody that now I've dated for almost seven years. So I am very fortunate of that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I guess that's like the good segue into into specific things that have really helped you guys. 
be together for so long. Like, I need to mention the back and forth. And then um, also, like, having that person with you that goes to all these weddings and functions and stuff with you. (laughs) My plus one forever. (laughs) Yeah, forever plus one. Yeah. I I think for us, there's a few things that I think maybe we got lucky with or that worked out for us. And I think one of that is that our friend circle was able to um was able to mix very nicely together i think that makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. being able to hang out with your significant other's friends i think is is so important like knowing that um some of his best friends girlfriends will be my couple friends forever is really it's like it's a really awesome feeling and i think that we've both pretty much made it um made it a part of our lives to to take part in, in each other's events, you know, so whether I have a girlfriend's birthday or I have a girlfriend's, um, you know, dinner or engagement party or whatever it is, I make sure that he's coming with me. And sometimes he may not want to, but I always, I'm always reassuring him that, you know, I want you to be a part of that life. I want you to be a part of my world, you know, and sometimes I'm a bit more social than he is and he's a bit quiet and shy sometimes and you'll take a little time to open up. So that's actually a huge difference between the two of us. But I've kind of always, I've always, I've kind of always pushed him to be like, no, like I want you to be BFFs with my girlfriends, you mm-hmm. know. And it's really cool when my girlfriends actually can text him about like the silliest thing or just random boy advice, you know. I have a few of my girlfriends that are always like, you know, you need to find me a guy, and Ashish will actually hook them up and try to find them a guy. Oh, <laughs> He's actually done that before. Recently, he did that. He did that with one of his colleagues at work. He con- he connected um, his colleague with one of my sorority sisters. <laughs> but but I, I, it's good that we both do make um, an effort in each other's lives and, and on the social aspect. One of his best friends um, is proposing to his longtime girlfriend. And I've, you know, I've tried my best to help his best friend with coming up with ideas and making signs and, you know, picking out the location. And it's cool that I can do that for his guy friends. So I think that's helped us a lot through the years is just being involved in each other's lives and keeping up to date with it. Um, And then something else that I think is really important is sometimes couples forget to talk about or sometimes they don't want to talk about what happened during the day, what happened in school or what happened at the job or what the boss said or what your colleague said and sometimes when we come home or when we're on the phone at home we just don't want to talk about it we want to forget it we want to push it under the rug but I think having that continuous talk and asking for advice from your significant other really helps and goes a long way so sometimes I know that I may bore him with my girl talk and he may not want to know about the little drama that I got into with a girlfriend I, I still tell him <laughs> and, I, and I and I ask him, like, I want you to be a part of it and give me advice and tell me what you think, you know. So I'm really big on making sure that not he's not just hearing me out, but he's also engaging in that with me. And even if it's boring girl talk, and I know sometimes guys just don't care for it. But I think over the years, you kind of just have to kind of just prep them into it so that it feels normal, you know, <laughs> so. I think for me personally, I think it's helped. I think it's definitely helped. Now I feel like we're both really used to telling each other about each other's day and asking about each other's, you know, what didn't go right or, you know, what can we do to make so-and-so better, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's definitely helped us as well. 
and then um, you know of course i think <laughs> i think um doing fun stuff my sister actually accuses us of not being a fun couple she thinks that we're not <laughs> cultured enough <laughs> so, she actually just um her and my parents just bought us um broadway tickets for christmas <laughs> so we oh, saw yeah we saw aladdin not too long ago so mm. so i guess this would be special advice for my sister <laughs> is to stay cultured <laughs> mind you she's like five years older than me <laughs> but she's teaching me about staying hip and cool in new york city <laughs> So, but other than that, I think for us, we we like to kind of keep it casual, you know, just catch dinner or catch a drink. But the cool thing is, is that we both do make a genuine effort about it. Um, there has been times where where we'll joke around with each other. Maybe he'll be like, "Oh, you know, you haven't made any date plans, or you haven't thought about it." You know, so we kind of remind each other that even though it's been six, seven years now. It's important to show the other person that yes, I still want to go on a date with you, and we we make sure that it's that it's very specific, you know. So if it's date night, it really means it's date night, you know. And mm-hmm. of course, we're both attached to our phones, but we do make a really conscious effort to be like, okay, no more phones, put it down. And we're both like really crazy about emails and just keeping up to date. But we will be like, all right, emails for ten minutes, and then nothing else, you know. So I think. That, yeah, that's really good advice to like mm-hmm. make sure that you're being very present when you're with each other. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's okay to also be like, "Hey, listen, babe. Like, I really just have to answer this email. Like, I got to do it. Have a choice, you know." And in my life, because I do Brown Girl part time and I have a full time job, for me, after hours means Brown Girl time, you know. So there's many times where I'm working until nine thirty, ten p.m. And it does get really, it gets difficult to balance those two worlds. And many times when I'm out for dinner or wherever, I I am focused on Brown Girl. I I um I'm very much involved in the day to day social media that we do, and that's literally twenty four seven. So there are many times where I literally have to be very open about it, and I have to say, you know what, I want to be here, but I have to do this. I you have to give me like twenty minutes, you know, and and he understands. So I think that even if you are being distracted or if you have another priority, just be really, really straight up about it. So for me personally, I will always tell him my plans ahead of time. I'll be like, okay, Thursday evening at six, you know, I have this, and then Saturday morning from ten to two, I have this meeting, you know, and then but but I want to see you right after, so let's make plans. <laughs> I always do something. So he knows that I'm still there, and I want to be there for him, and I want to see him. Nice. Do you have any other tips or anything that you wanted to add to our topic for today? Yeah, of course. So in terms of just wedding planning in general, because I know that I was just talking about relationships, but in terms of wedding planning, I think so. I think probably the best thing that anyone can do, and I, I know that this sounds crazy, but it really is to start. Literally the day after you were proposed, and when I used to hear that, um, you know, girls or brides are starting the day after they got proposed. I was like, that's crazy! Like, why would anyone want to do that? They should celebrate the engagement and just have fun being a fiance. But I really understand now why it's so important to just start right away. I took like four months before I started officially, and I kind of almost regret it because. I think more time is still not enough time. 
So I would really recommend for anyone that's just been engaged to just start right away and start thinking about the venue and start talking to friends, friends that have got that have been married before. They have a plethora of information that you could use that's valuable to you. So text and call as many girlfriends and honestly, even guy friends, because they will help text them and call them and ask them and be like, hey, who did you like for photography? Who did you talk for videography? You know, what kind of caterers did you see? So, and I think another thing that a lot of brides forget is actually asking your your significant other for advice and for tips and for what he wants. So for every little decision that we've made, I think that Ashish has really played a part in it, whether he was interested or not. <laughs> he definitely played a part. And even if it's like a small change on the website that we're making or, um, you know, an appetizer dish on our menu or the color of our invitations or, you know, the font on our invitations. I think that he has been involved because I've really made it a point to keep him involved. And I think sometimes brides kind of just forget to do that or they don't want to do that or the guy doesn't seem interested. But I think if you just keep kind of talking to him about it, get him get him into the mood and be like, babe, like, let's try to figure out these invitations today. We're going to spend one hour today just trying to look up invitations. You tell me what kind of invitation you like and I'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You know, I never realized like how soon you, had, you should start wedding planning. Yeah, because I know definitely. that it's crazy, and I know like, I've heard that there's so many more details that you don't think about when you start doing it. But I didn't realize it was like the next day you've got to like get on it and start mm-hmm. starting right away. Totally goes a very long way, and then right after, I think the top three things that you probably want to book is your video photography and your DJ. Um, so you want you want those contracts signed right away. <laughs> there's no doubt about. It. Um, and for me, I think that's something that I've tried to incorporate this entire time is making sure that my wedding is true to my hyphenated identity, which is me being Indian and American. Mm-hmm. So I am following literally all of the Indian customs, you know, making sure my mandi is done, you know, on time, making sure I'm getting my haldi done, you know the day before and, mm-hmm. uh, of course we're having a sangeet and i'm doing the chura ceremony where i get my red bangles and you know we're trying our best to incorporate all the little tiny um elements that comes with an indian wedding but at the same time i want to make sure that it speaks true to my american lifestyle as well so we have a bridal party and it's actually a pretty massive bridal party it's like about 31 in total which is pretty big wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy um, yeah, it's it's big. <laughs> okay. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for bearing with us and our audio issues as usual. But thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. Yeah, I think this is going to be very helpful, especially in the next coming months. Yes, of thank course. you. Yes, I hope I hope I didn't bore everybody with too much love and wedding stuff. <laughs> That's well, they knew what they were getting into when they see the description, so. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It needs to be in caps lock if you're not a bride. <laughs> Refrain from listening. Or the, um, you should probably make some grooms listen to this so that they can they can get insight on how the girl feels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate you guys asking me to come on board, and mm-hmm. I wish you guys a lot of success, and I hope to come back. 
Oh, um, thank you. About post wedding. Yes, definitely. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll be our um, our correspondent for all things adult and, and <laughs> yeah, or semi adult. Yeah, right. I can then talk about um furniture shopping. <laughs> first, again, how to so decorate cool. your perfect living room. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, you Trisha. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Tiffany, we are so fucking single. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm like relationship. What is that? We have two special guests today who collectively are Prom Red, and separately they are Proma and Radhika. They are Michigan natives who now live in New York City. They met in college at University of Michigan, and since then they have been best friends, who are creative partners as well when it comes to TV and film. Oh no, just film. Fuck, why am I bad at this? You can say TV. Okay. I mean, ideally we want yeah. to be in TV, yeah. so that And works. we love all okay. the same TV. Fun fact about them, when they first moved to New York City together, they actually shared a bed for four months. Yes, that is a true story. And since then, you guys are still living together, but just not in the same bed? Yeah. Okay. We, we upgraded from, to... Yeah, we went from sharing a bed oh, to sharing a room. Oh. Now we live in the same apartment. But we Which we also mice. share sometimes with mice. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very often. As, as often, or I mean, as recent as last week, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great, good times. R.I.P. Sherlock. Oh, We've named all of them. <laughs> we, ran out, we ran out of actual like fictitious mouse names. Like Did it we started ever do with Ratatouille. Like, I think I just referred to one. I know What's that's his a rat, name? but like his name is Ratatouille. His name is no. His name is. I don't the ones I remember were Thival, <laughs> Gus, Gus, Jacques. I think those are the ones I used. Yeah, and then Sherlock was Stuart because Little. Oh, Stuart, oh. yeah. Oh, that'll be hard. He doesn't look white. like Stuart. Yeah, though, they're yeah. not white. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, the gross. Yeah, like, they're gray. They're nasty. Like, charcoal large? gray. They're no, really they're small. Really they're small. tiny. Yeah. Okay. So they're I am so picturing gross. like Gus Gus. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're not using like the traditional, well, now we are, the yeah. traditional traps, but like, like the we have these like. Acme cartoon traps. <laughs> we have these like <laughs> sticky traps. So like when they like you run onto it, they like stick and they can't move and then they just die there. Oh, God. And I literally woke up on Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, I went, I woke up, I had woke up early because I had to go get my laundry and it's just on the trap. It's like bloody because it was like trying to rip oh, its head wow. It was the most like awful thing. Also, the sticky traps that our super last gave us have a picture on them, like a giant picture of a spider so that you know it's like for catching things. But then every time you walk in the room, you think you there's think a there's spider on there. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Just awful. Everything about it. But we love our apartment. <laughs> Where do you guys live in <clears throat> Upper East Side? Oh, nice. Yes, okay. Not like Gossip Girl fancy. Like, yeah. It's called, I tell people Yorkville now. Because that's yeah. like, it's like a subset of like, Upper East, closer to the river. Yeah, because we're like super far east. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> back to the intro, I guess. <laughs> well, congratulations on upgrading to separate beds in the same apartment. Um, and also congratulations, you guys just made a movie, which is awesome. Um, it's a short film about two girls in New York City. That's all we're going to say about that. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Um, so you guys did the acting, the writing, the directing? Not the directing. Not the directing. Okay. And then producing, you also had help? Or you did the producing as well? 
We ca- did. We kind of all worked as producers. Like, every okay. name listed in the credits, like, we did something. Because we made it at no cost. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, we borrowed a camera. We, like, bootlegged just some final draft... Or final cut to, like, edit everything. Yeah. So, like, everything was really just, like... But, like, locations... Obviously, costumes were, like, our clothes. Locations, mm-hmm. we just kind of, like, shot it in or around the city. Like, and we, we got permission from Webster Hall, the club at the end, to use that space just... Mm-hmm. Like, again, at no cost. Like, we were just yeah, trying to not spend money. Lucky. So everyone was kind of a producer in their own right and just, like, helping us figure that out. Like That is very cool. We are yeah. so excited to have you release it. That'll be really fun. Do you guys want to give us backstories on, like, for just um, your background, kind of, like, the families that you grew up in, like, how you guys got to New York and mm-hmm. how you met, even, because that'll be a cool story. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. But it's, like, general background? Yeah, like... Yeah. And then we can do how we met together, because that's fun. That's just like, what that's hospital were you born in? <laughs> how tall was day and time? I actually, yeah. What was your period? Okay, so, yeah, I was born in Boston, and I lived there until I was about nine years old. So then, so I'm, like, East Coast originally, and then moved to Michigan, grew up here, went to U of M, and I studied communications. My parents are always, like, my parents are kind of outliers, I think, for Desi parents, because they were very encouraging of the arts, particularly like my, they're both in science, um, but they were, they never really pressured me to do that or to do medicine or anything like that. My mom is a dancer too. So she always wanted me to like keep pursuing dance and she's very artistic. And my dad loves like movies and comedy. So it's kind of like what I'm doing right now as I dance part time and then I like write about entertainment and then we're doing the stuff on the side, trying to make like films and TV is kind of just, an amalgamation of all those things, like my parents' side hustles and interests as well, which is really cool. I didn't figure that out until a couple years ago. (laughs) And New York. Okay, so after, during college, I interned in New York. So between my junior and senior year, I interned at Comedy Central, which was really cool. It was Comedy Central stand-up, and it was like kind of a nothing internship. I think they didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) Like they thought I was a great intern, but I was like just sitting at my desk watching clips all day. (laughs) But then I was like, like within like three days, I was like, okay, like this is a place like I need to come to New York after I graduate. And then that summer, Rads and I were constantly just like trying to figure out when we could go. And we kept pushing it back, pushing it back. And then finally, like the stars aligned and we were like, okay, let's go. Like I think I got a nine day job like, a, on a film shoot, and I was like, okay, fine, like, took, like, a big, like, India-sized suitcase <laughs> with a bunch of Same. clothes, and I was like, I'm not coming back, like, we'll see, so, yeah, that's, that's so cool, mm-hmm. yeah, so mine's kind of different, like, I, growing up, always wanted to be a pediatrician, like, that was my dream, <laughs> like, in fourth grade, I, like, won a speech contest where we had to, like, talk about where we, like, what we wanted to be when we grew up, and I talked about being a pediatrician, and, like, I wanted <laughs> wanted to do medicine so badly, and then I went to high school. I was really good at science, like did med skills, was like did AP bio, like all that stuff. Got to college and I took general chemistry and I almost failed it. And like just realized that I really hated everything about the hard sciences. Like and I was really <laughs> bad at it. And it always gives, gives like gave me anxiety. Same with math, like all that stuff. So I was like, hmm, like this maybe isn't like where I should be. And like writing was always something that. I was like good at and felt comfortable with um and so yeah I did the communications major at Michigan um which is actually not where Prom and I met (laughs) we like had classes together later but um but yeah and like my parents were always like really supportive like whatever I wanted to do my dad like was he was like annoyed that I didn't end up doing medicine but he was like okay like whatever you do like do what you want to do and just do it well kind of a thing so 
um, after graduating, or actually the same summer that she was in New York, I was in LA actually at um, a TV film production company internship, which was awesome. Like the internship was so cool. Um, it's the company that developed like Grey's Anatomy and Criminal oh, Minds and stuff. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a really cool internship. I like read scripts all day. Um, it was awesome, but I like kind of hated LA because it's just like such a driving city, or I guess I don't even call it a city because it's like a driving like a bunch of suburbs <laughs> like it's like so hard to get around and I didn't have a car that summer I didn't know anyone there so it was kind of just like it was a really cool internship but it was kind of like a shitty like place to do it I don't know and so like after that I was like I liked like the weather but I didn't really want to like move there after graduating so um Prom and I both worked on films right after we graduated like here in Michigan here in Michigan okay. like as production assistants um and then as soon as those wrapped, like, all of our friends were leaving and going to, like, Seattle, Austin, like, everywhere, like, Chicago, yeah, Chicago, like, San Fran, like, everywhere, and we were just here, and it was, like, welcome week or something. We went back to it was Ann Arbor. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. And we were just, like, we have to get out. Like, we have to figure out something. And then, like, she got that shoot, that 90s shoot. I got, like, this minimum wage internship at like a music PR firm and we were just like all right this is our chance we just gotta go and then because we were making no money that's why we shared a bed yeah so that is so cool yeah how do you how did your parents take it when you were like I have this nine-day job coming up but I'm just gonna go and buy (laughs) they they knew that I wanted to go to New York they'd known that since not even since the summer before. I think since I like went in high school and I was I was like I really like New York and they knew I I had wanted to do entertainment for a really long time like mm-hmm. more so I think in high school and college the entertainment journalism aspect which is what I do now for my day job but then in college I started to think about like wait actually what if I like wrote for television or created my own stuff and that idea really took hold. So they knew that it was coming kind of um, and they knew that I wasn't happy just like being at home, especially being so close to Ann Arbor right after graduating and not being able to participate in that culture. Mm -hmm. So they were fine. They were very much like, we'll help you. Like, we don't want you to starve or anything, but, and like, but like, be smart about it. Like, see where you can get work and all of that. Um, But they, I mean, they loved it. I had money saved from those film shoots. So like, when we were working on film here in the summer, it was great because like, no rent, no anything to pay for. Just like, I was like, cool, I'm just sitting here getting rich. <laughs> um, burned through that money really fast, but so I had something saved up when we moved, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents were, like, nervous, like, definitely were like, what are you doing? But, um, <laughs> I don't know, I think my dad, like, dropped, like, came with me to New York and dropped me off and stuff, and when he got there, he was like, okay, I get it, like, I know, like, he's like, I grew up in Bombay, like, I get why this is appealing to you, especially at this time in your life, and then... Like, I steadily always, like, had some sort of income, even though it was, like, so minimal. Um, so it was, like, always something coming into my bank. And they were, like, promo's parents, like, super, like, down to help if, if I needed anything. So we got really lucky. Like, can't say that enough. Like, our parents are awesome. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Yeah, we definitely recognize that it's, like, we're that, lucky to have yeah. that. Everyone can't just, like, up and move mm-hmm. to New York and have that um, support not cut off. You also, you made a good point, though. You've never been without work, pretty much, as long as we've lived there. Yeah, it's all been random jobs, but yeah. You had, like, one week off once and you were going crazy. Yeah, so... (laughs) Well, so that's the other thing is, like, my parents always instilled in me, like, to, like, always have something, like, whatever, especially moving there and, like, because they were like, we can't support you forever, like, you have to figure this out. Um, So, yeah, I moved there. I was working at that music PR firm. It sucked. I hated that internship so much. Because it was one of those internships where you 
they like didn't really value you like we just like sat there and like did reports for them and like they would have these meetings and we wouldn't be allowed to go as interns and like I'm like how are you supposed to learn anything like whatever so it was stupid I met some really cool people there though which is awesome and then I randomly worked at L'Oreal for a year as like a 12-month intern (laughs) which is it was really cool we I got a lot of free stuff. We didn't buy shampoo. You still don't buy shampoo. I still I haven't bought shampoo since 2014, probably. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I have, I, ha- I still have, I have, like, liters <laughs> that are, like, salon size. Yeah. Like, That's nice. Um, so it's amazing. Yeah, that was actually really cool. I liked that job a lot. I just don't care about the beauty industry, really. Like, and like, again, we learned really a lot about, like, makeup and stuff that we didn't know. Like, we, yeah. we just had a crash course. Because I like, was, like, I've never been a makeup person. I just wear eyeliner, usually, and, yeah. like... She would come home and be like, okay, I have, like, these products. We have to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> I still have a drawer of just, like, random hair products. And I'm like, I don't know when I'm ever going to Like, I don't know what this is. Um, but, yeah. So, like, I did that. And then when that ended, that was, like, my one week of just, like, what do I do? Like, I don't have anything and I don't have money. And then I, like, got a job. The, like, the next oh, week. we should we should talk about how we met. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, that. Oh, yeah I forgot. This is a, a beautiful story. This is, like, such a, a story in every way. So, we were obviously we're both at University of Michigan. It was our... Freshman year, second, beginning of second semester. First semester? Was it an ISA? I think it was, no, it was like after the show. Oh, okay. But yeah, I remember. Oh, okay. So it, it would have been this time. Right now it's January. It would have been this time like seven, seven years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Whoa. Um, <laughs> so we were at like, we had like, we were both in Indian American Student Association and did, we were in different dances freshman year. And then, so in January, my dance, a lot of your friends were in my dance. Yeah, a lot of my high school friends went to Michigan and then they all somehow ended up in this dance that promo was in. Yeah. It was like all freshman girls in that dance. And we had like, like after the show ended in November, we were like, let's still hang out. Like, let's have bonding, which like we're, we know is a euphemism for let's all drink. Um, so <laughs> we had, blackout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a bonding happening at someone's apartment. This is, I don't remember who's, cause I'd only been to that apartment like once. Shruti or someone? It was some older girl. I think, yeah. Someone, I didn't know one her. of the choreographers. And I don't know how we started talking. But we started talking at that bonding. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, I think just alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, people have told me, because, so, I knew some people that went to high school with Proma, and, like, one of them was, like, you and Promo, like, would, like, get along so well. And I was, like, who is this girl? Like, I don't even care. (laughs) And then, like, (laughs) and then we met, and then I, like, put it together, and I was, like, oh, okay, like, that guy told me that, like, we get along. Where my memory starts is we were talking about Lost. Yeah. We started talking about Lost because it was the final season of Lost, and then we toasted our, like, red solo cups, made a toast to Josh Josh Holloway. (laughs) (laughs) The beautiful. He's still such a babe. And that was it. No turning back. We actually, in our current apartment, have two posters right when you walk in. So first we have like these like ar- artwork I did of our names and below that we have one poster which is a map of Ann Arbor and one which is a poster for Lost. So it's like, it's like <laughs> how we brought us, like, <laughs> brought us together. Uh-huh. That's amazing. <laughs> what has been the hardest part about up in rerouting your life to New York? I think the first year was really hard to make it feel like home because we didn't know that many people. The people that we did like know through Michigan were like, not really people that we were close to and, like, still aren't really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of, like, trying to figure out how to make it, make this huge city, like, feel like home and find people that, like, do the same things as us and, like, have the similar interests as us and just, like, same personalities and humor and all that stuff. Because, like, I think that was the hardest part of, like, meeting all those Michigan people is, like, we're, like, these are not our people, you know? Yeah. Like, just because we all went to Michigan doesn't mean that we all 
are going to be friends. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who went to like B school and stuff and who graduated into the jobs that brought them to New York who were like, let's go to bars. And I was like, and we're we like, don't have any money. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we, yeah, like we'll sip on some discarded drinks over yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have <laughs> hung out with them because it was always like free alcohol at the pregame. Which sounds <laughs> awful, the truth but is like, yeah, out. it's hey, true. you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good. I mean, it was still like the good thing about having alumni there was like it is kind of a support system. Like it was... Like, we wouldn't have had that to turn to just everywhere or if we'd just gone to any school. But, yeah, I agree. Making friends over... It got it has gotten better exponentially and constantly since then. Like, in the beginning, yeah, yeah that first, that year, first was year was so hard. Again, we had a couple people... Like, I had, like, a couple close friends who lived in the city, but it's, it's so much harder than you'd expect to see people that often. Mm-hmm. Or then, like, you are, especially if it's a college friend, you're in a new place, so there's different factors, like, stuff you wouldn't even think of that makes it just harder to stay in touch or stay mm-hmm. friends. Uh, but yeah, since then, like, through my odd jobs, your odd jobs, like, we've met some really cool people. Yeah. And now it's nice because I feel like everyone who I talk to and hang out with on a daily basis, I genuinely want to have around. There's no, like, that's that acquaintance of yeah. mine. It's like everyone I speak to is my friend. We've gotten to that point where we don't need to, like, need, we don't need to force it with people that we don't care about. Which is nice. So <laughs> do you think, because I know for us it's been, like, I had a hard time making friends and I'm from this area. Like, not from this area, but... I'm from Michigan, and even after college, like, everyone moved away, and I started making a lot of friends through the show, just, like, by Tiffany Nuss, networking with all these other people, and now it's, like, some of our guests are people we talk to every single day, and so do you think it's been easier since you guys have started doing your own thing and creating, like, your own work that it's been easier to make friends and network with people? I think one thing about New York that's really cool is that everyone is kind of doing that. Like, everyone has a side hustle, and it's not surprising. Like, when I go to work, it's like, oh, like, so-and-so has his improv show, and, like, this person is, like, producing a Broadway musical, and, like, everyone is doing something else outside of that, and that's very normal. So everyone I've met when I'm, like, like, it wasn't this, like, weird, shameful secret to be like, actually, I want to write for television, and I'm making these, like, goofy videos. Like, now that's very normal to be like, oh, actually, my roommate and I produce videos. Um, and we write and do this stuff so that has been really amazing is meeting other people who are doing the same thing too and being like we are we met through our day job or whatever it may be but like what's your side hustle what's my side hustle and like how do we connect those things and share those things that's so nice considering like when you're living here this makes me want to move come to new york we would love to since i was like three i've been telling my parents i'm gonna move to new york and now still at my parents house they're like all right where are you going (laughs) new york will be there forever but doesn't mean you have to (laughs) come we'll help we'll find you a nice bed to share yeah (laughs) it's part of the part of the journey yeah yeah and like here you know we we both have day jobs too and so i go to work and it's like i work with those people who all they do is go to work and go home and like that's it or like they have families and it's just like we're constantly running around doing a hundred different things and people are always like why are you so busy that's what everyone everybody in new york is doing like we regularly on weekdays like don't come home until like nine or ten yeah yeah so it's nice to have that like and even yeah i was gonna say even if it's not creative like so many people at my job are like really into fitness so like some of them are like teach bar method after work or like one of my really good friends there is like trying to become a trainer and like so it's just like interesting like even if it's not like the arts like people are still side hustling and doing whatever yeah all of and new york brings are. that out in you too because you're just yeah. like i'm gonna go for it yeah. Yeah. yeah and like you were saying you're surrounded by that too like everyone's so dedicated like i want to make it in something so i don't yeah. care what i have to do like if i don't sleep that's okay exactly because yeah. i have to get this accomplished which is so cool like i'm so jealous of that motivation because here it is a lot harder you know it's just like 
And that's the thing, you know, yeah. that's what it is like in the suburbs, especially the Midwest. It is very bland. Like mm-hmm. that was a, a nice like people. that summer after <laughs> we graduated. Like Prom and I talk about it a lot, where we're like, that's the closest we felt to depression because yeah. we were just like what are we doing? That listlessness, like, where I was like, mm-hmm. and we didn't have, yeah. we weren't like keeping ourselves busy with jobs mm-hmm. or anything. So we were just like kind of sitting in yeah. our homes and like trying to figure out like well, what to do. I got, well, I got another, I did three film shoots before, or two film shoots before moving to New York. And so the second one was like, it was based here in Royal Oak actually. And it was like, but it was an office job. So I was like, I'm working on a movie, but I was doing basically like office admin for a really mm-hmm. small office of like four people. And I was miserable. That was when it, mm-hmm. the listlessness really happened. Cause I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting smarter every day. I'm like buying people's salad orders and like mm-hmm. restocking pencils. And it was just, it was just really hard. It just was not for me. Yeah. So how did you guys start Promrad? Promrad? Prom. Promrad. How did you guys start Promrad? And like, how did this whole idea come to fruition? I know it was always kind of in the back of your mind, but. So the name Promrad was a random joke from like junior year. Um, yeah. And the, we came up with the name before any of it, before we even like, before thought we, we were going like, to write together or any of that. Senior year we started, we were like, we should meet up and like write regularly. Not too much. I thought about that. that today on the way over here. I was like, we used to write at like Espresso Royale and like, yeah. <laughs> but like we got nowhere with it. We that. actually know. I have a full episode of that that show somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was like, I don't know where any of that stuff is. I, you, I wrote one. So we were, and then at that time, we every time we've written, it's been a reflection of what we're doing. Like the whole write what you know thing. So in college, the script that I have, and I also have, like, a character breakdown, it was about just, like... I remember the character breakdown. It was, like, Indian girls living together, and, like, there was, like, a house of Indian boys, and it was, like, what's gonna happen? It was, like, brown town, basically. Yeah, and it was also, that was, like, I think right after Girls had premiered on HBO, so I was, like, this, but more interesting. (laughs) Because we have so much more drama. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I was, like, but everybody's crazy. So we we started doing that, and that was the first thing. Also... That, after senior year, I did this random writing exercise. I'm calling it a writing exercise to make it sound fancier. What I did was essentially write (laughs) fan fiction about my own life, which was my old dance team had this, like, really weird group me conversation once, and I was, like, I had a lot of downtime at my film job sometimes where, so during the day, I typed the whole group me thing up as a script and, like, put it in a location and, like, made different characters come in and out and, like, just turned it into a little episode of, like, If Our Lives Were a TV Show. And it was so much fun to do and to write because I knew the characters. Mm-hmm. And then I like they literally printed it out and like gave it to everyone who was in it and was like, look, I wrote this weird thing about us. That's such a neat idea. But it was so much fun and they loved it. They were like, this, you know, this sounds like us. Like a lot of the dialogue that I'd improvised, they were like, oh, that sounds like what they would say. And it was just a fun thing to do. I was like, like every time we've written something, I've just been like, this is so fun. It's mm-hmm. sometimes it'll take us time to, I think, motivate ourselves to like sit down and do the work. But once we're doing it, filming or it writing or whatever co- it, go- it goes really quickly we and it wrote feels him so, so right yeah we wrote that in like a couple hours yeah one night yeah like no, once we, we get that inspiration it's like okay like let's just do it <laughs> yeah whenever we're in the zone it's like oh this is what we're supposed to be doing like it's not even a question that's, that's every time yeah. we have recording let me know if it's you guys we're like oh god like we're up early and we have to sit now for two hours yeah. and like but once we're here and once we leave we're like that was so amazing this like so much fun this. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so it's a good transition, so tell us about him. Okay, do you want, should we start with our inception of it? Of like, Well, oh, the first, so the logline of him that we give people is, it's about, to, it's about finding love in the city. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Which is a huge troll. Um, we were in Genesis. Bryant Park in New York. 
right? No. I was meeting you. I was in yeah. Bryant Park. This is essentially what happens to him. I was in Bryant Park going to meet Radhika for a movie. We're going to see Captain America. I remember this. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just saw, like, the hottest Indian guy I'd ever seen. And I was, like, I just, like, switched where I was walking, like, beeline towards him just so I could look at him. <laughs> Oh, we should say him stands for hot Indian male. That is our... Oh, oh right. Yeah. Interesting. That's yes. where... And now we use like that, that in everyday conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we did. That's that's a point of pride. We invented that for the short when we were like, what should we call it? And then at some point, hot Indian male, him, all yeah. happened. Um, and everyone like thought it was like a playoff of her. It's not a playoff yeah. of her. That's what I thought. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's brilliant. I, <laughs> I think we're f- as, as we get further and further from the release of her, we're, yeah. getting, we're like buying that. Well, time. for a long time, like we were like, okay, should we do like the titles to make it look like her? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a troll to like, everyone, but we didn't do that. It's always more complicated because you get those few people who don't get it. And then they're, like, just going to hate on you. And you're yeah. Like, come on, dude, come on. You're yeah. like, come on. I anticipate Relax. a lot of that. Um, but, yeah, that was that was the main part that happened for me. And then we went to see the movie. And afterward, I was, like, still talking she about couldn't, this guy. She couldn't stop talking about it. And, like, we got home to our apartment where we shared a room, not beds. And we were just, like, sitting there. And we're like, okay, like, this is something. Like, yeah. And then I think I, at the end, uh, I don't know. We don't want to talk about the end yet, do we? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll continue talking about how we did it but anyway so we just got home and we literally just like shat it out like it just like <laughs> it just like happened so quickly and like we shared it with one of, some of our friends are actors and like they were like really into it um one of them wanted to direct it and like it like all happened so quickly we were the, really thrown by that we were like a director yeah mm-hmm. we're like oh this is so, how would like, this have a director we were like w- we were gonna shoot it on iphone like we hadn't even thought about, like, who was going to hold the phone. We were like, the two of us somehow, like, <laughs> selfie, selfie stick, yeah. yeah. We yeah. hadn't even thought of, the original, like, the very first version we wrote, we didn't even show him, because we were like, we hadn't even thought about getting an actor. Yeah. Like, I think I called him up at the end, and that was, like, the big and then, yeah. reveal. And then we were like, this, these stakes are stupidly low. So like, low. <laughs> well, and our whole thing, we, like, wanted to release it as, like, a two-minute YouTube short, and, like, all, like, we had, like, such low expectations for it at first. And then our friend, like, who wanted to direct it was like, no, like, this could be something, like, and, like, let's do it right, and, yeah. like, let's submit it to stuff. And, yeah, like, let's get the good camera. So the our friend who's the executive producer, like, that's whose camera we used, and then our friend who directed it, our friends are cast, our friends helped out, like. Yeah, it's a lot of friends. <laughs> but that's another great thing about New York is, like, everyone is, like, down to, like, help each other out and mm-hmm. do stuff, and, yeah, it was cool. Do you guys want to talk about the ending? Yeah. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> we do, do you have any... We guys wa- have watched it, so do you have any questions about, like, the thing overall besides? No, I, like, found myself laughing out loud. Because, like, hey! just, like, the way that you guys interacted and stuff, and I was like, this is very accurate. Like, this is how I talk to my girlfriends. Hey! Or, like, if I see, like, a hot Indian dude... The other day, we had a meeting with somebody, and Tiffany and I both left the meeting. We were like, he was so fucking hot. <laughs> like, how? It's distracting. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, I can't. We were yeah. talking about we that. We couldn't make eye contact with him. It's absurd. Yeah. And this is the thing with Indian dudes that we came up with. Is like, either they are, like, so unbearably attractive, or it's just, like, please don't talk to me. Yeah. Like, it's the extremes, and I don't know really that many people but in between. It also kind of depends on your mood, because we can easily trick ourselves into thinking someone is so attractive because we're like, 
we just want to have a crush on someone or like yeah. it's been a while since we saw a hot guy you know oh, like so haven't gotten yeah. action in a while yeah. right like you're attracted to everything <laughs> we still whenever Rads and I go out like if, if there is a hot Indian guy if there's a him in the radius like oh. do we immediately like snap and we'll both notice too <laughs> we'll notice separately and then make eye contact and in that like gaze it's like yes yeah. I, I yeah. too am aware yeah. that we are in the presence of greatness and like if we're out separately like I will text promo and be like there's a him here like I don't know what to yeah. do oh, <laughs> like I don't know if I should like <laughs> pretend to like I don't know like spill a drink on him so he has to talk to me like I don't know it's because we're and this is like this is getting deeper into it, but we're so hyper aware of the people who look like us which is not to say like hot people but like you know to of other <laughs> South Asians um where I was talking to someone at work about this this week because because Riz Ahmed is like so big yeah, right now babe. and he was like oh he was like you did you see Nightcrawler I was like of course I've seen Nightcrawler I saw Nightcrawler and like during the movie to Rads and I were like is that guy Indian we should look him up we all do this where we find that South Asian South Asian American especially or in this case like South Asian English whatever um find that person, see that person, become aware of them, and then you, like, were very invested in their careers, too. I was like, yeah, I remember Aziz and Sari from that one episode of Scrubs. (laughs) Yes, I would just watch that episode, by the way. Joe, intern Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a question that came up with. What did you guys watch Human Giant? I didn't. I think that was before my time I've, of like knowing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I've seen uh, my friend sent me one of the videos like a while ago, and I think I watched it like the one time and kind of filed it oh. away. But then, because that was what like early two thousands. Yeah, it was probably that was like I was still watching like, like Disney Channel material. Like I was not that cool until later. <laughs> yeah, no, and even he sent me that video in college probably. So and like I saw it once and I was like, whatever, like I'm busy. Parks and Rec, you know. Um, yeah, it's too much. Which, Which is interesting because you think about it, Parks and Rec started like oh, nine. not even a decade after Human Giant had ended and stopped being on TV, and he got huge. Like, and during that time, he was doing stand up and like mm-hmm. doing movies yeah. and all this stuff. I'm like, how? Well, because he did it when he was in college, right? Human yeah. Giant. Like, was Probably. he still? I think yeah. he's still yeah. at yeah. NYU. I think what's really cool, and as as I learn more about more South Asian American entertainers, like. Maybe not our generation, like a slightly older than us, but part of our generation, like millennials, is like everyone is doing that, the hustle thing. Like everyone's like, yeah, I'm an actor and I'm a writer and I'm a producer and I like drop this mixtape and like everyone. And it's such a, it feels like such a brown kid thing where I'm like, oh, you are constantly did you, working and producing. Do you guys listen to Utkarsh on both Yes. Okay, yeah. He just did this episode with Hedge. Hedge, uh, yeah. I have not listened to that one yet. No, well, it's so the he, newest one. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting because he was talking about how when he moved to LA, he literally was his agent, his own agent and manager, and like all of that stuff. And I was like, this is so fascinating. Like yeah. the hustle, like to the nth degree. Like, but everyone, was, yeah, everyone that he interviews, including himself, like they are all involved in so many things. Riz yeah. is like working so hard; he does not sleep. Like, yeah. we really wanted to use his. Um, What's his, uh, Switch Boys. Yeah, Switch Up Boys. Oh, yes. We emailed them because we want to use their music. Oh, Tiger Hologram is my shit. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, so want to use, we want to use Tiger Hologram for something yeah. later. We need to be better about music rights moving forward. <laughs> yeah. We also, yeah, we need to work on music rights. We need to work on sound. The only thing about him that is hard still is we're like, oh, the sound. We did what we could with it, but, like, we didn't know, have a mic. mic. Yeah, like, we didn't have a mic. It's not even so. that good. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> no, we used our like computer mics. It was oh uh, yeah, yeah, because we had to do a lot of voiceover for that. Because mm. like a lot, because so much of it is outside in New York, right, and like so much background noise. I don't talk loud enough. Like <laughs> it's just like I it was too really loud. Hard. I was like yelling. It was like it was really hard, and so we had to like 
voiceover and the voiceover doesn't sound natural. So like the end product we are very proud of, but like definitely sound was one thing. It gets we better. Were... I will say to anyone listening, if you haven't seen it and you're planning to see it, stick with it. Cause I think the beginning in terms of, in terms of filming as well and the sound quality is, I'm not going to say bad, but like it gets better. And by the end, like every time we, we've watched it through to like, to see yeah. about edits and stuff like that, by the end, I'm really invested and it looks better and it yeah. sounds better. At the beginning, we're like, oh God, let's not release it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then at, at the end, we're like, okay, this is good. We like it. <laughs> So, quick disclaimer, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, because we'll release this when you guys are actually, when it's available for people, um, go watch it first and then come back to this part, because I want you guys to talk about the ending, because it's really interesting. Yeah. If that's cool. Yeah. yeah. How did we, how, who came up with it? We came up with the ending together the first, you I did. I yeah, came yeah, up yeah. with the ending. Because it, cause it, it happened, happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. It happened to me. That's the yeah. story. Um. So for I mean the ending is True. that <laughs> the ending is that this hot Indian male is a fob and Proma does not want anything to do with him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this this happened to me. I was at Solas in New York, which is like a ratchet. Uh, <laughs> my dad is listening to this. I'm sorry. But <laughs> Hi, dad. Um, so yeah, so I was out. Was like dancing with this guy. We made out a little bit, and then. He was like, what's your name? And so I told him, my name's Radhika. And he was like, oh, like, or no, he was like, hi, I'm AJ. Like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, Radhika. And he was like, oh, actually, my name is like Abhinav or something. <laughs> and I was like, why, why would you go with AJ, first of all? And then he like had this fob accent. I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want anything to do with this. And I don't n- really know like why. I just am just like not attracted to that. And we really tried to unpack this because we got a lot of questions yeah. from people our director at first he was reading it and he was like what why he was like this sounds like you met the guy of your dreams and you're just gonna turn away because he's a fob and, and i we were interested in that too i was like yeah i wonder why like why that um is a turn i have like i texted like my old dance team in our group me and i have like actually have copied all of the that conversation into a word doc like i have pages and pages of being like hey if you ran into this person if you're so attracted to someone like and then you've and then he started talking to you in that accent what would your reaction be? And it was really interesting because everyone, for the most part, they were kind of like, I don't really know. And we couldn't, we were all trying to get to the root of what it is and unpack, like, this is who, the people who should be the most like us. Mm-hmm. But the differences seem so much harder to bridge. The conclusion that I came to for me personally was that in my experience with a lot of Indians from India, they ex- have a lot of preconceived notions about me as an Indian American, about, they're like, oh, you're not that American, you're not that Indian, like, mm-hmm. you're not enough of either, and like oh like do you like india like i've been here a lot actually or you know do, do you eat indian food yeah like have you heard of bollywood but like at the same time they'll be like do you know who brad pitt is and like what do you think that i do like oh. i am a fully realized person who I grew up in both, in both of these cultures and know yeah. a lot about it so i that's what i came to is that i was like of all the people i meet like on the street i do find that a lot of the assumptions made about me are made by fobs and that's not to be like it is it's also not a commentary like kind of once we had the end product, we were like, this is interesting because Proma, the character, I think, is ostensibly making a mistake. Like, she's shutting down very early what could be a great relationship with a guy who she, who she seems to really connect with and is very attracted to and probably is doing it for the wrong reasons that she herself doesn't even try to explore, which is really cool. Yeah, I think it's important to note that we're not trying to, like, say that we hate Bob's or something because, like, <laughs> I feel like that may come off that way, but... This is, yeah, this is just, like, one girl story, one, like, Right, and channel. people have to remember that it's the character. Like, you're not exactly. making a documentary saying, all oh, these kinds of exactly. people suck. Or, yeah, you know, and not like, at all. And, like, that's... Them. Right. Yeah. 
and that's so much of it like for me especially like on a daily basis like I do so many Indian things and I'm like a very Indian yeah Indian I think that's another thing is like the whole time she's like having a Bollywood fantasy the whole time yeah. like right. you know like yeah. she's yeah. literally dreaming about it in those terms mm-hmm. and then as soon as he's a fob she doesn't want it so it's like a very like which is you know, it every Bollywood up. actor I'm attracted to, like all the ones we like, they all have that accent. Yeah. They're all from India, like mm-hmm. you know. Right. So it's yeah, I think that's a cool double thing. But yeah, and again, that speaks to how we very effortlessly on a daily basis like do interact with our culture. Like the the little kuch kuch hota hai bit in the beginning yeah, we that were running fantasy. Sorry. That <laughs> was <laughs> I think that has not been altered since the very first draft written yeah. of yeah. it. Was I was like, here's what happens. This is the segment of music. These are the images we see, and I was like locked yeah. in. Yeah, and that was perfect, and that was yeah. and has not changed. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's interesting because there's two sides to this, the way I see it. There's, like, the group of people who are very, like, anti, anti-fob, where they're, like, back, like, go back to your country, uh-huh. don't want to identify it like that. But then when they come into a situation, uh, like, one that your character does, and then you meet a guy and his accent's, like, full-on, like, stereotypically thick. And then you're just like, oh, my God, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. So I think it's... I think it's a very honest response to somebody. Yeah. Well, it was a very... I remember um, our sophomore year was... There was the Cricket World Cup was happening that second semester. And we got really into it. Like, everyone... People were waking up at 4 a.m. to go watch. And it was so much fun. It was, like, yeah. that's something I've never done before. Because it was India versus Pakistan. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, but there was such a sens- sense of, like, community with everyone who was watching. But I remember the first night we went to watch one of the, like, semifinals, it was... Like, one side of the room was the kids from ISA, the Indian American Student Association, and the other side was the Indian Student Association. I was like, first of all, why do we have two? Why are we sitting, like, segregated like this? And it was such a weird, like, almost out of body. I had never until then thought about it, and I was like, oh, I guess, like, we are different. And then the first, when we were working in film, like, the first movie I worked on after college was a Bollywood movie. So there was this whole crew from India, um, a lot of whom couldn't speak English, and then there was the American crew, who literally one of the PAs was, like, go talk to them, you're one of them. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and it was weird though, because I was like, they think I'm one of you, and I'm here thinking I'm both, but at, at the same time, I'm neither. Yeah. It was yeah. re- it was like, to realize that so late too, I was like 22 and realizing this, and I was like, now what do I do? <laughs> Start over. Oh my gosh. Identity crisis. Yeah, because you hear that from both sides, you know? Like, that you're too American, and then you're not mm-hmm. Indian enough. You're just like floating in cultural. Yeah. Like I am me. Yeah, it's not trying like, to label that, me. That's yeah. the thing of figuring out. It's like it's not about being Indian enough or American enough. It's actually we are this We're the whole new third thing yeah. that you have to now reconcile with. Like, am I Indian American enough? Like, maybe that's the conversation now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't think. I mean, it shouldn't matter at this point. Yeah, there should be no enough for any of the categories. But that's what it is. It's like I'm not too Indian or too American or not enough of either. I am Indian American whatever mix of those things that I am and just like accept it. And that's it. the thing, it's not usually that we ourselves are like, oh, am I Indian enough? Am I doing enough Indian activities? It's always other people judging us. So yeah. it's, it doesn't matter like where you came from or what you're studying or whatever, like it shouldn't be enough for anyone in general, you know? So yeah. Yeah. that and it, and it fluctuates for everyone. We've noticed this, like we, a co- like a couple weeks ago, maybe like a couple months ago, after our friend's birthday, went to like Bollywood night at a club, came home and at like 4 a.m. we're eating pizza and like dancing to old ISA DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fantastic. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll go for days without that and be like, oh, I really miss it or come back to it. Like it, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. And for me, it's always compli- complicated because, like, I can't speak Hindi, like, even Malayalam, which is my mother tongue, like, I can understand it, but I can't speak it. So, like, I've always kind of been, like, I'm not Indian enough. Like, I've always kind of, like, felt that. Um, and, like, I don't look like I'm Indian. Like, so many people think I'm, like, Hispanic and, like, 
there's always that whole like un- like underneath everything like I'm always like questioning it but like mm-hmm. I'm like I watch Bollywood with the subtitles like sue me you know it's like it's not right. a big deal like at least I'm watching it and I'm engaging with that culture you know mm-hmm. so. even while we were filming him our director like repeatedly to me he would be like this is funny because like you're a fob and I was like I'm not though like I'm just a very Indian like Indian American person like there's an outtake somewhere of me like singing Bull and Pichkari on the subway platform because <laughs> it's always stuck in my head underneath all my thoughts <laughs> Do you guys know when you're shooting to uh, release it? ASAP. God, um, we've been trying to release this for so long. Yeah. Um, hopefully next. At every point, there's been something oh, like nice. we had the footage, and then as it, um, our director was editing it together, it was like, oh, we need to do a lot of sound, and then mm. recording the sound, recording it several times to get it better. Now it's been clearing and then the music. It was like there was a lot of editing. Like, okay, like remove this scene. Like, let's change this font. Let's like, you know, just like a lot of things where we watch it back and we're like, okay, but this isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. I think we're trying to be too perfect with the song. We just need to get it out there. Yeah. How long did it take you guys to shoot? Not that long. I mean, a month or two. Yeah, and even then, it was it was different days. Like some that's a month or two in which some days we did nothing. Many and this days was, we did nothing. Yeah, this was like. I was working full time. You were I don't think I was. I think you were like temping and stuff. And like and then we had to work around like everyone else's schedules. So everyone yeah. is always like doing and like because our director our, and the other actor were both are both actors. So, so if, if they, they had, had an audition exactly. or something, we had to like, cancel. Yeah, if they had like a paying gig, like we can't ask them to like right. drop everything yeah. for this. And so like yeah, we had to like a lot of the subway stuff we were doing it at like four AM in the subway station and yeah. like Oh wow. It was the, but the the first sequence I think of our like phone convo and stuff that was all one day that was one whole day that we just did um the subway stuff was all one, one night maybe night. maybe one or two nights yeah i think two nights each sort of sequence is was a day of filming and then the club was all done in one night yeah oh nice okay yeah but cumulatively i think because the club we, we did that too we yeah. like because we're like we only have it for this one night mm-hmm. we have to get this but right. it would yeah. be like a random day or two of filming periodically for like a month or two yeah what was the most fun that you guys had doing this the subway stuff was actually really fun because everyone you see, all the like extras in the scene are just people like who are there who are actually reacting and thinking that she's like yelling across the platform trying to get this guy's number. Yeah. <laughs> we had and there's like there's an outtake somewhere of like some other guy who came up to me and was like, "Can I get your number?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> like I'm getting a fake number every time. One dude in wrote it down. He was on the the train that had just pulled in as I yelled the phone number, and he wrote it down and then he held the paper up to the window. And I was like, wish we got that. <laughs> oh like, my gosh, that was so funny. Yeah, I was terrified. I was like, good thing it's fake. Good thing it's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, there's one woman who came and she was like, oh, she was like, what happens? What's happening here? She was like really rooting for us and wanted me to fall in love. <laughs> That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Do you have a favorite from? Filming? I'm trying to think. Slapping me? <laughs> no, because I couldn't do it. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> I was. Yeah, me. I'm really bad at like that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> So like we had I mean, to well, I'm standing there like Fight Club. I was just like she was like me, ready. Slap yeah, me. she was like, you want me to slap you first? Like, you want me to slap um, I was like, get mad. Like, just hate me and slap me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think like what my favorite was. was I also, don't know. There's so many good parts. <laughs> it's also well, this is maybe spoiler if you haven't seen it, but terrified to shoot that kiss because I was like, I'm not an actor and I'm do- this is my first acting thing and I wrote this in for myself and I know this person it's just like yeah we're like really good friends with that oh, guy yeah. Yeah. is it awkward to do that? no so Not what happened was before 
<laughs> I was just watching. I was we like, did. Great. <laughs> we did a bunch of takes of me walking up to him first to get me like walking with determination, and every time I would just get really close to him and not do it. So, but it kind of there was this like weird buildup where every time we got close enough, I was like, all right, well, like maybe we should just kiss now. Like, it's all built up, and so the first the one we take that we used is the first one. Where I'm sorry that it's it went. a good kiss though. Thank you. I'm sorry it went it's on really so intense. long. It's really long. <laughs> it's really long. But like by design. Yeah. He also like the director then was like, okay, like go uncomfortably long, and then he he's the number one person who will complain he was like it's too long like why did you do that and i was like i was following my direction yeah so then yeah he was like and he didn't tell adit the actor he was like okay our director's just like go this time actually kiss him and i just went up and just like surprised him i guess um it was scary but then after that i was like okay this is not scary like this is a very normal thing to do i do think the club stuff was the most fun to film yeah because like there's just, like, some characters that we met there. Because there's yeah. the guy that I'm talking to at the bar when Promo, like, comes back. Who was... He thought really, he was, like, going to be a movie Yeah, star. he was like, oh, my God, like, I'm in this. So, same with the um, the bartender. Yeah. The bartender literally was like, oh, my God, this is my big break. And was oh, like, he's like, he's like thought it was... But he's, I mean, he's and awesome. And then afterward, we just, like, made a night of it. Like, we yeah. finished, we wrapped it, like two or whatever and we were like yeah let's read yeah and it was really cool like the bar gave us like drink vouchers mm-hmm. so like like oh, i don't okay. even know why because like we're not we weren't there like paying them to like yeah. use the space or publicity anything. yeah even though we still haven't released the film <laughs> but yeah so like yeah it was a really fun night mm-hmm. all That's in all sweet. anything you guys want to add about the film or the movie anything like that about yourselves oh shit hmm uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> if we think of it we'll Okay, we'll yeah, we can yeah. always rearrange things. Bye, Shivani. We're busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Shivani. Hi, Shivani. <laughs> so we know you guys listen to the show, so this is our favorite part of every episode where we play a little this or that type game that we have oh so brilliantly named this or that. So we have five questions for you guys. Um, five questions for both. That's literally what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to emphasize that it's five questions for both of you. So I will ask one question. Both of you will answer. She'll ask one question. Both of you will answer. And we'll go Pretty back simple. and forth. So like maybe every time that you ask a question, you'll answer first. When I ask a question, you answer first. That's like okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh man. Okay. Writing or acting? Writing. Writing. Ooh. Broadway or Bollywood? I think Bollywood. Yeah, Bollywood. Forever 21 or H&M? This answer has changed, but I think H&M now. H&M for sure. <laughs> Subway or driving? Driving. <laughs> Subway or driving? <laughs> I love driving, so I miss it, so driving. <laughs> I do. I lo- yeah, I love driving too, but I guess it depends where. Like, if I'm in New York and you ask me subway or driving, I'd be like, oh god, subway, please. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. But I miss my car. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza or halal, guys? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I? Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> halal, but not the halal, guys. Biryani yeah. hearts. Yeah, we have some really good Ooh. other alternate. I'm gonna say pizza. I like it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's nice.
If you like sharing a bed with your roommate, tequila shots, or spontaneous Indian girls, share this with someone you like. Or don't like. Someone who wants to make a big move. Someone who doesn't fit into a box. Or someone who wants to pursue their side hustle. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Cheers! Oh my god, all of that was so much better than the other one. <laughs>